This is For The Win, a podcast on sports and sports culture. I'm Eddie Sun, the multimedia editor for Annenberg Media Sports, as well as the producer of this podcast. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our fifth episode of the For The Win podcast. I'm Trace Tempesta. On this episode, I will be with Natalie, Sydney, and Ava. For our first topic today, and really all of our topics, are all about the NFL. We're in the middle of a hot free agency season, and there's been a lot going on, a bunch of different movements, there's been some retirements, and there's been a bunch of different changes. So with our first topic, we're going to talk about, just from a team perspective, what have we seen in this NFL free agency, winners and losers? How do you guys feel about this? So let's start first off on who is doing well in this free agency. I think the first team that jumps out for me is the Patriots. I don't know, maybe they're trying to get back out Tom Brady, but they came back with some hot free agency signings. They have two new tight ends, a couple new wide receivers, some new faces on the defensive end. I think it'll be interesting to see how Cam Newton adjusts to playing with these new faces on the offense and how Bill Belichick reworks it. I'm going to agree with you, Ava. They're spending so much money in order to do really well next season. And it's going to be really interesting watching them, as you said, like how Cam Newton adjusts to all these new changes. Because obviously everybody knows the Patriots are the Patriots and they're the Patriots. They like to win. So they're spending so much money trying to get back to where they used to be. And it's going to be interesting next season to see if they can live up to what they used to be. For sure. I love when sore losers get access to millions of dollars. It's always so entertaining. $300 million in 24 hours? That sounds just fun, period. I don't care who you got. But yeah, Cam Newton, they're obviously trying to build something around him. He struggled last season. They didn't make playoffs. They didn't make anything. Tom went on to win a Super Bowl. Glory, glory, glory. You know, they're obviously trying to get back to where they were just by spending all this money in free agency. I mean, they did get some great, great players. Um, just building that team around Cam. But, I mean, it'll be interesting. He struggled kind of on his own. It didn't really seem like anyone else had much to do with it last season, but we'll see. Hopefully it makes a difference. I'm excited. Yeah, that's fair to say. And the Patriots of all teams are usually not the big spenders. So now Bill's getting ready for the check, and I'm pretty impressed with what they're trying to do there. One team I'm going to throw out is also the I was about to say San Diego Chargers. I'm from San Diego. That hurt that I had to hold back there and say Los Angeles Chargers, but it's true. <laughs> I think they've done well in prioritizing what's good for them. They have Justin Herbert. They need to stay young and they need to protect him. So they're getting some lineman form and I like where they're going. Now, on the other hand, not every team is making the right moves here. A lot of teams are losing and a lot of teams are making actions, but they're not necessarily the right plays to make. So Ava, I'll start with you. Who do you think are some losers so far in this free agency? I think maybe not a glaring option as a loser, but I think Seattle, I don't think they're putting their right priorities forward. I think Russell Wilson obviously wants out of Seattle. There's just something, something isn't clicking, something's not right. But then they also missed out on two of the top offensive linemen. They're refusing to trade Russell Wilson. So it's just a, I think it's a messy situation. I don't foresee a bright future coming from anyone within the situation I think it's just not good right now for Seattle trouble there yeah I agree with Ava as well and honestly I don't see Russell leaving because like I feel like when you think of Russell you think of the Seahawks and you think of Seattle but if he does leave it's going to shake so so much stuff up and I'm honestly ready for that I like a little messiness but a team that I feel like is really losing the Steelers they just lost Bud Dupree 
who was signed five years with the Titans. And Juju Smith-Schuster is not signed yet. And I'm just like, they're losing a lot of key guys who are on their roster. And I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Like, you need to make some moves. I know, like, I'm just... I'm not a Steelers fan, but I'm from Long Beach and a lot of Long Beach people are Steelers fans because that's where Juju's from and all this. But it's just like I keep going on Twitter and seeing everybody pissed off like, Steelers, what are you doing? So I think they're one of the top teams that are like taking taking some L's right now. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I'm going to throw out a name. I think the Bengals might be might be flubbing this up a little bit. A.J. Green looks poised to leave and he's been one of their key guys for God, years now. I mean, even if he say even if he didn't, you know, score as many points as you would like. I mean, they kind of sucked all around, so it's like pointing fingers. I don't know if you can, but God, I mean, what a franchise guy! He represents the Bengals. When you think Bengals, I think AJ Green, and he just looks poised to leave to go anywhere. Personally, I hope he goes to my cards, but that's another story. They just seem like they were kind of messing that up. Sydney, let me circle back to something you just said about Juju. I think he has a bunch of options there. He's what? He's probably 25 or 26. He's still a really good wide receiver, but he kind of ended the year on like a a little turbulence there for sure with the playoffs, not very productive. And then the whole TikTok, like dancing on other teams center field, a little disrespect there. Do you feel like he has unfinished business or does he need a change of scenery? I feel like... I feel like it's both. He needs a change of scenery and he has unfinished business because of the season that he had last year. I feel like he needs to prove himself again because everybody knows what Juju can do and he just did not do that last season. So I feel like he does have stuff to prove with the Steelers, but I feel like a new team could be a fresh start. We're going to see a whole new Juju. And I feel like obviously the whole TikTok thing, like he's probably not going to do that again because he caught a lot of fire from that. But I feel like even with the TikTok, people were trying to like downplay him a little bit. Like, hey, you had a a sucky season and you burnt all these bridges because of your TikTok stuff. But I'm like, let him have his personality. Let him do TikTok. If that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. But you have to separate that from him being on the field. This guy could play football. So it's kind of hard, but both ways, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where he ends up. And I'm excited to see if he signs with the Steelers again or whoever he signs with. For sure. And remember how the Steelers started off 11-0 and Juju was dancing and everyone thought it was great. We're like, oh, and look at yeah. Juju. And then yeah. when they started losing, they're like, oh. Juju's dancing on all these things. Ooh. But I'm like, yeah, it was I'm like, like, Juju's the easy target. I'm like, which one is it? Y'all love him or hate him? When you're up 11-0, you love him. But when you start losing, it's, oh, it's Juju's fault. Like, come on, make up your mind. But For sure. So let's talk about some predictions here. We could go with Juju. We could go with other players. But is there a guy who's unsigned yet or some moves to be made that you either think will happen or you hope will happen? I mean, I'm going to bring it back to AJ Green. That point that I said I was going to revisit, I'm revisiting. Period. Okay, listen. Fitzgerald is on his last leg. I'm going to say it. He needs to leave. What is he doing at this point but collecting a check a little bit, you know, shaking some hands, seeing some fans, and just being kind of a relic? Who could take his money? A.J. Green. Who could actually be profitable in that position for the team? A.J. Green. I feel like it might be a long shot, but then again, they did get J.J. Watt, and no one saw that coming. So I feel like that would be a great fit. I agree. I mean, it does hurt me a little bit as a Rams fan. I don't know if I would love facing A.J. Green twice a year, but I think it would be a fun fit. I think they have the Cardinals have a fun offense with Kyler Murray, and I think that would just bring more dimension and more excitement for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. And so this is the talk with free agency. And then right after that, we're going to hit the NFL draft. So talk to me about what we think of the NFL draft during another COVID year. And then even at a broader perspective, like there's really two stages of the NFL draft. There's the pro days that each school hosts. And then there's the combine with all these different competitive stats. And it's a big group together. And there's always like funny moments to look back on, like Tom Brady running the 40 yard dash and taking like 20 seconds and all these different things that either age really well, like a DK Metcalf type thing, or they age super poorly, like trying to dismiss a guy like Russell Wilson or Tom Brady, for example. So talk to me about which way you feel about this in terms of is a pro day more effective or a combine more effective and for who? I feel like it depends on the type of position. A pro day may be more beneficial for some positions rather than others. Because I personally know a dude who, um, his name's Khalil Tate, and he was the U of A quarterback. And last year, he was not given a pro day. And that really hurt him (laughs) when it came to the NFL Combine. So I'm like, maybe if he had a pro day, he would have gotten his chance. But um, it just, I feel like it just depends on the player. But... Some people, pro days, that's their way out. And then combine is the way out for others. So it just it just depends. And I feel like the type of position the player plays and if they're more of a speed base or like strong, it just depends on the type of athlete, I would say, the um, player is. I think that's an interesting point, but I do think it's worth noting, or in my opinion, I think the combine is fun for stats. It's fun to compare players, see how fast they can go. But I think pro days are in the end, better for athletes. I think they're with their guys. They're throwing to. They're more comfortable. They're just in their element more. You know, they feel more. It's not so much of a bigger stage. It's a big stage, obviously, but it's not the combine where you have all the hype around it, every scout's there, all the tests. So I think that's worth noting. I also think it's interesting because players that do perform well at the combine don't always perform well in the NFL we see and obviously with Tom Brady we see that players that don't perform well turn out to be one of the greatest quarterback if not the greatest quarterback of all time so I just think it's really it's a toss-up for sure in my opinion yeah I mean the combine's nice for the memes it's nice for the fans but honestly it's kind of hard to get a lot out of it for every team pro days the guys can watch their tape they can kind of cherry pick which players they need which positions need help and then just go see him in person. And like you said, I mean, they're with their own team. They're on their home field. Maybe they're a little more comfortable. They're going to perform better. But, and I'm going to bring it back to COVID because Miss Rona will not let me have peace. The Combine, a large gathering. Many people coming to one place. Obviously, that's not a great choice for now. They canceled the Pro Bowl for a similar reason. I can't help but feel like this is probably a better choice for this year just because of the gatherings that would ensue because of it. It's funny you say that because the NFL has just been contradicting themselves so much. And it's like, yeah, it's like (sighs) some stadiums can have fans in the stands, some can't. And it's like the Lakers and the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm like, they had a whole boat parade. (laughs) They had a whole boat parade. And then like Los Angeles is told we can't celebrate anything. So it's just like. Yeah, we got a beautiful new stadium too. (laughs) And it's, it's <laughs> throwing just, it away. The, the NFL, they say no large gatherings. They feel like they're larger than life. They're probably going to do it anyway. So no large gathering with an asterisk. Yeah. Right. Unless you're the NFL. <laughs> right. Exactly. But I can't help but feel like maybe it's because they haven't bought out the vaccine yet. Like they haven't gotten 
every player, every coach, every staff member, like across the board vaccinated because they just haven't had that access. They didn't want to seem like they were jumping the line. If they did, in fact, jump the line, I can see it being a different story, but they weren't able to. They didn't want to put that image out. So here we are. Exactly. Yeah, so you guys mentioned how large gatherings obviously isn't the move this year. Now, so that's an argument kind of like anti-combine. Do you think that's the trend of what we're going to see for the future of draft preparation? Or is the combine still valuable, even though I think there's an argument that some of the stats they measure are pretty pointless? Is the pro day becoming more valuable than the combine? Yeah, I, I was just going off a little bit of what Ava was saying and how the combine is more like entertainment. And if you go on Twitter, you're going to see the commentator saying like all these outlandish stuff about the athletes. And then it's just like the pro day, you're actually going to see them in their element because they're able to like throw the balls or like catch from like people who are on their team. So they're more comfortable. So I feel like the combine is still going to go on just for entertainment purposes. But pro day is where they're actually going to be looked at for the talent that they have. I agree. We were just talking about, I don't know, the NFL loves to make their money. The combine brings in money. They're going to keep doing it. I think it's as simple as that. But I do think it's interesting that a lot of these players are opting out of the bowl games that don't matter. They don't want to get hurt. Makes sense. Totally get it. But if they get rid of the combine, I think that adds an interesting element if that's one of the last times scouts can see them play a game. They'll still have their pro days, but I think that would add a little bit of excitement. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think pro days benefit everyone a little bit more. Maybe the fans miss out, definitely. But like you said, as long as the NFL can make money off something, they're going to keep doing it. So I can't see the combine fading away anytime soon. But pro days do have their advantages. I mean, like, I don't know how many of you guys saw uh, Jake Fromm's situation where George's pro game was pro day was canceled because of COVID. And so he was able to schedule his own, which, you know, gets him out there um, in a situation where otherwise he probably wouldn't be able to be looked at. So I think, yeah, those are definitely more beneficial as far as like a player team side, but the combine, is, as long as it's bringing in cash, it's not going to stop. Yep. So we've talked a lot about the guys, the new people to join the NFL with these draft picks and where they could pen- potentially land and prepare. Now let's talk about someone on the opposite side of the spectrum. Drew Brees, the legendary New Orleans Saints quarterback, recently announced his retirement. And there's a lot of emotions to come with that, a huge structural change for the New Orleans Saints. And so, I mean, just reflecting on what Drew Brees has meant for the past couple decades, what was one of the most favorite or memorable moments that Drew Brees had that stands out to you guys? I think for me, hands down, is the game where he became the all-time passing leader. He became the all-time passing leader on Monday Night Football in 2018. Um, It was a 62-yard touchdown pass before halftime to put him over the edge, and I think that was amazing. He had three incompletions in the game. It was just peak Drew, Drew Brees. He was doing what he does best, and I think that was an amazing moment for him, for the city of New Orleans, for everyone. My favorite moment was when he won the Super Bowl, and that was one of my favorite moments because I was able to see like her um, New Orleans after Katrina hit, and it was just devastating. So this was like a moment of hope for New Orleans and Louisiana as a whole. So like, I just really liked that story because it was just like, ah, oh, we won the Super Bowl. Cause you know, the Super Bowl is everything to the city that wins. So it was just that redemption for the city of New Orleans and just seeing everybody like happy when like so much devastation just happened. So he was able to bring so much joy to that city. So that's what really like stuck out with me for him. 
wow, hearing your nice, meaningful, analytical reasons for loving him, and here I come with, I loved his commercials. Whatever time period that was where he was doing insurance commercials and Aaron Rodgers stepped aside, his kid was throwing the ball through the window. It was so theatrical, and he's so stiff and old. It was so fun to watch him try and be in those. I just remember as a kid watching those and being like, that is my favorite commercial ever. It reminds me of my stiff dad. Like, it's great. Um, I do do remember the after Katrina winning that Super Bowl that was really really meaningful but I'm gonna stick by my commercials I don't care how empty and meaningless that might be I mean that's special to you so you're good like it's (laughs) It's special to you it holds a place in my little heart though I will say I did love his announcement I thought it was super cute with his Mm -hmm. kids I loved how he announced that they're like we get he gets to spend more time with me so I was like oh yeah cute yeah that's very wholesome now the Saints, on the other hand, this isn't a fun conversation for them. They're like, this has been our guy for, I don't know, 15 years? And he's been great in every single year. So now they have some interesting options. Where do the New Orleans Saints go from here? Sydney, I'll start with you. Honestly, they're going to have to pick up some good people to uh, stand in his place because Drew Brees is Drew Brees, and he's one, he's up there when it comes to quarterbacks. So... I'm not a Saints fan personally, but members of my family are, sadly. So <laughs> maybe just talking about all the new pickups that they're going to have to get. And it's just going to be interesting in the end seeing what the Saints do, what moves that they make in the next couple weeks. So And who they get to sign on signing day. So I guess we'll see. I think it's going to be super interesting. They just brought Jameis Winston back on a one-year deal. Um, I think they usually, you know, with Drew Brees, you have the comfort of throwing in Taysom Hill here and there, just kind of keeping the defense on their toes. But with Jameis Winston, I don't know if you can do that as much. So I will think it'll be an interesting matchup between the two to see who they decide to go with for lead them into the next, I don't know, however many years. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know if they see a franchise quarterback in either of these two, but maybe for the next few years they can live with them I mean listen it always seems to take at least a season to break in a new quarterback no matter how good they might be unless you're Tom Brady but I mean (laughs) listen they have to kind of break in either guy they have to kind of pick like which one are we kind of going to go with like you said they kind of had the luxury of you know bringing in Hill to kind of oh throw him off but now they don't really have that chance I mean as they're working out these kinks, it's going to be kind of interesting to see if they go down the path of the Patriots that we kind of just talked about. Will they lose their franchise quarterback, kind of flounder for a season or two, then, you know, pay out the waz for to build a team around him and then hopefully improve from there? I don't know. They might be kind of projecting the future of the Saints. Hopefully not. I kind of want to see him do well, but I feel like it just takes time after someone like Drew Brees leaves you. It's a big hole for sure. Big hole to fill. Yeah, for sure. So in the event that the Saints don't recover very well from this, what does that mean for the rest of the NFC South? I mean, I think it just clears the way for the Bucks even more, as if they needed anything else to go their way. Like, Tom Brady is easily the best quarterback. Obviously, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's easily the best quarterback in the division. They have the best roster. They're coming off. They got the momentum. It just clears the way for them even more. The Panthers can't seem to get their feet on the ground. The Falcons are just a whole case of problems. The new coach, Matt Ryan, is iffy. I think Bucks are Bucks got it secured. Yeah, 
sadly, Tom Brady is that man. So if he is in the league, as long as he's in the league, he's not going down without a fight. So with Breeze gone, like you said, this just means the Bucks have another opportunity as long as Tom Brady is with them or whatever team Tom Brady is with, I feel like. He can take anyone to the Super Bowl. So it's like the Bucks. this is almost, I don't want to say a shoe-in, but if they're back in the um, Super Bowl next year, I'm going to come back to this podcast and say I predicted it. So, <laughs> God, I- I'm mad, y'all. I feel like Tom Brady throws a Super Bowl trophy from boat to boat and a blessing falls in his lap. Anyone else <laughs> did that, it'd be a thousand years bad luck. Of course not. I mean, it, if you could have done anything to make their odds of winning even higher, this had to have been it. I feel like the one thing that was maybe, maybe standing in their way was Drew Brees, and now he's gone. Like you said, North Carolina, who knows? Falcons, they're a synonym for disappointment at this point. I have no faith in that team. Tough. <laughs> I just can't. I'm sorry. I wanted to so bad, but they just let me down each time. I can only be hurt so many times. So I don't want to count the Saints out entirely, but I just don't think they're a match for this Super Bowl winning team. I don't. I think the question is if the Bucks get the first seed in the NFC, not if they win the division. I think it's as simple as that. And the Saints are not a factor, especially with Breeze out. So because they have a rebuilding year, so it's like yeah, they have to take no time. Way. There's, so there's like, no way. Sadly, the Bucks, their their chances are just looking better and better by the day. So Tom Brady's just drinking my tears at this point. It's just, there's, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing left. Oh, tough imagery. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. This was our little preview of what's going on in the NFL. We talked at, we're in the heat of free agency, so we talked about some winners and losers. We talked about the future for the draft and then the past for Drew Brees' legacy. So thank you so much for everyone listening and always remember to go for the win. Thanks for tuning in to For the Win and remember to stay tuned for new episodes.